It's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Tom. So... Sadly, he's actually on a call right now, and because it's business, he had to take the call. So I am now live on his Facebook page. I've hijacked his page, and I didn't want to be by myself. So one of the teammates gave me the phone so that he could be with me as I start introducing the episode and as I start talking. And this is my first time going live by myself, so you're gonna to have to give me some, um, yeah, some thumbs up, some hearts, some. Um, yeah, some more comments. Ah, I got someone saying hello. Um, okay, so I'm just going to keep going. And I figured, hey, I could do the episode without him. Hopefully he'll join me in about five minutes. But, um, in case he doesn't, I'm just going to keep going. So today's episode, I actually was going to open the episode with a joke that we actually had an argument about money. And that's why I'm doing this episode by myself. But, um, yeah, I figured that wasn't actually really funny. So here we are. So I read a stat couple of days ago about, and I'm going to actually put this down. So if you don't mind, I'm going to put it down. So I read the stat the other day that basically said that the number one cause of divorce is money. And so I thought, wow, like I had no idea that it was that um, uh, strong, I guess, in people's relationships where they just can't come to an agreement and they end up in divorce. Now, I don't think it's like a one fight and then you're done, but obviously it's something that really is a part of people's relationships. So I thought, hey, today's episode should actually be about that. So, um, hi everybody. And I'm just going to get down to it. I'm going to get some, to, to some stats, in fact. So stats about divorce. 57% of divorced couples cite financial strain as the leading cause of their split. That's from Citibank, apparently. Um, and Tom and I have gone through many different iterations of finances. So um, when we got married, we basically had hardly anything. I was collecting coupons. Um, we had a dream of what we were about to do. And so we started our journey. We managed to do pretty well, as you guys know, probably know Tom's story about being at Awareness Technologies and just hustling for like eight years. And so he just, and guys, you're very distracting but when I'm, by, when I'm by myself, I, I get distracted very easily. Um, and so anyway, so we basically went through this whole thing where um, we'd saved up, we bought our first house and I was so excited. It was like this, my dream come true as a woman, like the whole nurturing, um, building a space, building a nest. And I um, 
Yeah, and then he came home one day and he's like, babe, do you want to put everything on the line to start a new company called Quest? So we had to, had to take all our finances. We literally cut it by like a third and then we started our journey all over again. So um, I understand and completely um, can sympathize with certain situations of finances, of trying to navigate those things with your partner. Um, and it's so important to be 100% honest and candid um, about that. So um, having honest discussions. So um, I'm going to start answering questions. Like I said, Tom will hopefully join me in a few minutes. And if you guys miss him like I do, I will every so often just hold up the phone like this. Um, and um, we're going to start with a would you rather, in fact. Guys, join me so I don't feel like I'm by myself with would you rathers. All right. So the kickoff would you rather is, would you rather keep all of your finances separate from your partner forever or keep all of them together forever? Now, for me, I think I would rather all my finances together um, because I think we've been together long enough now that I know how he would actually handle um, money. But I think that um, you have to kind of work your way up to that because if you were just by yourself, oh, sorry, if you were just like starting out, I don't know. I don't know if I could trust that person with all my money that I've worked hard with. Um, so yeah, I think um, for me, I would share all my finances because I like feeling like we're in it together. But um, I think that would all depend on um, how long we've been together. So answer in the comments below what you guys would do. We'd love to hear from you. And I'm really curious to know if a, man, a man's um, answer is actually different from a woman's answer. So um, yeah, drop it in the comments so I can hear what you guys think. All right. So we've got a fan kickoff question. Fan kickoff question is from Dickie Crump. Should married couples have separate bank accounts? I'm trying to save and my partner is running up debt and is not as responsible with finances. Ooh, this is a tricky one. Um, so what, when Tom and I first started out, what ended up happening was, um, we ended up having separate bank accounts initially because I was a stay at home wife. He was out working. And over time, I actually felt really weird about asking him if I could spend money. I felt like I was going to him for permission. I felt like he was my parent and I was asking for pocket money. And so, um, I just, I hated the way that made me feel. And we had both agreed that I was going to stay at home and take care of the family and he was going to go out to work. So we decided together to make this decision, but yet I didn't like the fact that then he had the control. So, so um, we sat down and I said, how do I get control back? Like, I don't want to feel like I'm coming to you for permission. And so we said, okay, let's sit down and agree on what we're doing with our finances. So if we have, let's say, 100%, how much of that percent is going to go into savings, like pure savings, rainy day, um, put that aside. We agreed on that percent. Then we said, okay, how much is needs to go into bills, our everyday living expenses, etc. So then we agreed on that percent. Then what was left, we just said, cool, now we're going to split it 50-50. Um, whether that's starting a new um, account and we actually had different names in our accounts, I actually don't think we did that. He seems to think we did. Um, so that's actually funny that we don't remember the exact thing. But we had made that agreement they were going to be completely separate. And so if I wanted, if I was going out with my friends and we were going to go shopping and I saw a pair of shoes, I literally thought I've got no right to buy these in the whole scheme of things, but I've saved up my portion. Like, okay, I'm going to spend the money and I'm not going to ask for permission and I'm not going to feel guilty then when I come home and show him. And I remember that being a really big thing is not feeling guilty over spending the money that you feel like you have earned as well. But you have to have that discussion because I hate to say it, but I actually know people who have bought women, sadly, who have bought shoes um, 
and hidden them in their closets because they didn't want their husbands to find out that they were actually spending the money. To me, that is a very slippery slope. I think the second you start hiding something from your other half, it means that you cannot be honest with them. And just that that barrier between you of not being honest, I think then stems in every aspect of your life, not just with finances. It's a, um, literally a slippery slope, in my opinion. So yeah, my, my thing is be honest, sit down with each other and come up with a system. Like I hate to say, it, but it's, it's a business transaction, right? It's, we've got X amount coming in. Like if you had your own business, you wouldn't think twice that it would, you'd have to sit down and go over your finances. So why wouldn't you do that if you were in a relationship? I think you should. So you just need to agree upon what that is. Um, and I think that that will save a lot of just unknown. Um, because I think that resentment can also um start coming into play here where one person's spending more money so i think with this guy it's like you can feel that he's starting to get a little resentful um you know my partner's running up you know she's in debt and i'm the responsible one that there's no solving that unless you actually fix the problem moving forward so all right next question this is from Bo Salvador Raymond. I have a question. My girlfriend makes significant more money than I do. We're both in our mid-twenties and we've discussed having her move in with me. I own my house. How should I approach the financial conversation with the home for rent, utilities, toilet paper, etc.? Split everything evenly, even though it's technically 100% my house. Now, again, I think this comes down to what is your agreement? Um, if I was her, and I can only put myself in that position, if Tom said, let you should move in. I would have to have an agreement that the second I move in, it's not a hundred percent your house. It's both of ours because I don't feel like I'm, I don't want to feel like I'm paying rent. Um, if I'm bringing my life, if I'm moving everything over again, it has to be 50 50. Now, if you actually own it and it's not renting, um, I think that, um, depends, I guess, if you're doing a mortgage, like I would sit there and go, okay, well, if you're paying a mortgage, this is X amount of money that you're putting in. So can I match that? Um, if I can, financially match that then great now everything's equal so it's not going to be I'm not going to call this your house I'm going to call it our house language like that will absolutely have a difference on your relationship so because when you get into a heated argument if she spills something um if you start reacting like you've spilled it on my rug or on my carpet you're doomed um so I really do think that you have to make sure that you guys have that discussion before you ever even move in with each other um because, yeah, I really do believe that it has to feel like it's 50-50. So if that means she's paying for toilet paper and you're paying the mortgage, mortgage great. Um, but you have to have that discussion. Otherwise, it's only going to get worse after that if you don't have that discussion. All right, next question. How did you – this is from John Shellnut. How did you keep a marriage together for 17 years with the average one last about five years? Um I think it's because we spoke about these sort of things. It was super uncomfortable. I felt weird. Like, oh my God, I can't believe that I feel guilty about going to buy shoes. And, um, you know, like even just in like, okay, well, it's polite. I should really reach out and ask for, you know, his blessing. Um, and I just hated it. And I just had to own that it didn't make me feel good. And the second you start doing something that doesn't make you feel good, at least for me, my steam starts to go down. I don't feel good about myself. Then I can't bring my best to the relationship. So I just knew like, we have to address this. It doesn't make me feel good. Um, we've agreed as a team that I'm going to stay home and you're going to go to work. So why am I now becoming um, the lower, I guess, on the totem pole of um, who should spend the money? Like that doesn't make sense to me. 
So yeah, that was basically my, um, that's, I think how we ended up lasting for 17 years is don't feel guilty about the way you feel, own it, speak up about it, and then figure out a solution, whether that's money or whether that's anything else in your life, being a stay at home wife versus going out to work and wanting to be a stay at home mother, all these things, like you just have to discuss it. And as long as the other person receives that with kindness um, and no judgment, then I think you can ultimately get through it. So hopefully that helps. Um, and sadly, Mr. Billu is still on his business call, but hopefully he will be joining us soon, guys. So stick with me and thumbs up and hearts um, if you are okay with it just being me and the husband on the phone. So relationship theory, people, this is exactly how we navigate, where I'm not going to let you guys down. And so I just thought, hey, he doesn't even know what I'm live, actually. That's probably right. We haven't even told him right now. We haven't even told him. So he doesn't even know that I'm sitting here by myself doing the episode by myself. Um, so, yeah. I guess that's just like taking ownership of your relationship, checking out, taking ownership of something that you both agreed that you're going to do. And so we're doing this episode, even if he's here only in spirit. All right. So next question. This comes from Lindsay Schutz. My awesome husband and I are both trying to grow as a couple and as individuals. We have two children and have put a lot of interest on the back burner. Now that we're ready to change, we know that we have to pursue those things. How do we go about it without feeling guilt about doing something other than always being with them? And when you say with them, you mean with your partner? What do you think, Michelle? Um, so I think it's realizing that no matter how much you love your other half, now hopefully you guys know how much I'm in love with Tom Bilyeu. He is my everything. But the one thing I won't do is let go of who I am. And the reason why I won't do that is it won't serve our relationship. Because if I lose myself, if I don't do the things that I really love doing with or without him, I can't bring my best self to the relationship. I just can't. So I think recognizing and um, that your partner feels the same. So hopefully your partner agrees that he wants to do things without you. And if you guys can come to a place where you don't find offense to it, um, then I don't think the guilt is there and I think if you both agree why you're doing that like why you're doing that time by yourselves so I agree that you need space you need time to think you need time to just do shit that you're going to enjoy that I'm going to hate because if we can agree that you're going to come back a happier person and you're going to bring that to the relationship then we can agree that there shouldn't be any guilt around it but you have to agree now that the second it becomes a little tricky I think is when if one person's extremely insecure because if you have a partner that is insecure and every time you want to do something by yourself that they feel they're putting the guilt treatment on you, you have to actively address that. Don't brush it aside. Don't try and make them feel better. Like, oh, no, it's not you. Like, sit down and say, look, I need this. I need the time by myself. We agreed. I dedicated 18 years to my kids, to our kids. And I really need to go find myself. And I hope you want good things for me like I want good things for you. Because ultimately, that's what it's about, wanting good things for each other. So if that alone time is going to make you feel good about yourself, then the other person should be your biggest cheerleader. And that's basically how Tom and I have navigated. I used to feel left out when he would want to play video games because I didn't enjoy it. So if I said, hey, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to play video games. I used to take that personally. But that means that he actually doesn't want to hang out with me 
well, shit, am I, if a video game is more interesting than I am. And I would get into this like self-destructive loop where I would just keep repeating to myself, like he prefers video games than me. But then I realized he has to be able to go out and enjoy himself. And so when we would come back together, we would like love our time together because now he's not thinking about all these other things he wanted to do. So I would say sit down, have that conversation with each other, find empowerment and excitement with each other. Like, oh my God, you're going to go shopping? That's great, babe. Have fun. Send me some pictures. Because the second you can like be the cheerleader of your partner, everything will change. All right. Next question. Oh, we got some fan shout outs from Greece. Yes, us. From London, from Toronto, from Orlando, from Alabama, from the Philippines and British Columbia. Thank you guys for watching and sticking with me, even though the hubby is not here and I've hijacked his Facebook page. I keep doing this like, like you don't know who Tom Billu is. All right. Next question. This one comes from Dana N. Anthony Mott. I'm the saver and my hubby is the spender. He manages the finances because when I tried doing it before, he didn't like being told how to spend his hard-earned money. How do we find a compromise where I can feel a part of the finances and choices of the household spending? Um, well, Tom and I really do pretty much on every aspect is we say, what is important to you? If you had to choose two things that were really important, let's say in finances, what are the two things that are very important? Okay. For me, it's, I was the saver. For me, I was like, I was just brought up with like the rainy day fear. So if that's important to me, I would sit there and say, okay, having money as like the rainy day fund is actually very important to me. So, okay. We've recognized one thing. What's important to him? He wants to feel like, what were the words you use? It's his hard earned money. To be honest, I think actually scratch everything I just said before this. You have to address that. When he says his hard-earned money, have you guys come to an agreement that is both of yours? Are you a stay-at-home wife or a stay-at-home parent? Um, have you agreed that any money that's getting made is both of yours? Because until you actually address that, I think you guys are always going to buy heads. So um, yeah, you really need to talk about that. Is this a decision that you both made together or did, you, did he... Um, did you decide, hey, I want to stay at home and I don't care what you think? Like you have to figure out what was the basis of that decision making in the first place. Because if you can figure that out, then, sorry, someone just distracted me. Arms are on point. Thank you. Um, if you can figure out what that, um, what that decision was and if you guys are aligned there, then I think you can take that next step and saying, okay, now how do we as a team figure out what we do with the money? But if you've, if you're not on the same page about whose money it actually is, I don't know how you then get to the next step, which is figure out what you do with the money. So step one, have that hard conversation. And then step two is then saying, what is important? So if for me, it's important to save, then okay, we've addressed that. But for Tom, it wasn't. For Tom, it was important to know that he's building an empire. if he's making money, that he has the flexibility to then use that for his dream, for his ambition, for his empire that he wants to do. So then we go, okay, now we've actually got two things that are important to us, but now they're conflicting. But the truth is neither one of us are right. Why does he get what he wants or why do I get what I want? You don't. So you have to come to a compromise. So go, okay, well, if we've got 20% of our finances is now allocated to whatever we want, I'm going to take 10% and I want to save. You're going to take 10% and you're going to go build the empire because I support you. And at the same time, I want you to support me on the saving aspect. So um, that way you both get it. Because ultimately, I think it's so hard when one person gets what they want and the other person doesn't. Because here's what I, I fear happens. And this is one thing I had absolute fear with my relationship with Tom was that um, 
I'm going to start to build resentment over time. So if he wants to build a business, I need to support that. I knew what I was getting into when I met the man. I knew that he was an entrepreneur. I knew what his dreams were. So I always have to support that. So I didn't want to change my pitch up on him halfway through our marriage. So I'm going to support that. But ultimately, I also need to acknowledge that for me, I want to save. So yeah, coming to that agreement, being on the same page, being on the same team. Remember, guys, it's the same sport. You're on the same team. You're not on opposing teams. So if you can come as... um God, I'm going to try and figure out an analogy here. Let's say basketball. I'm very good at basketball, so I don't know why I chose that sport. But let's assume you're passing the ball to your teammate. You're not trying to like get it over his head and score the goal so that you can win by yourself. It's about being united, coming together and figuring it out. So hopefully that helped. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is off Offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, dot com slash impact theory. It's Tom Bilyeu here. And if you are addicted to the relentless pursuit of greatness, then I've got something special for you guys. The Motivation Daily Podcast by Motiversity. It's your daily fix of motivation, inspiration, and wisdom featuring the best speeches and speakers on the planet. We cover it all. Life, business, relationships, discipline, purpose, mental health, sports, studying, focus, you name it. With exclusive speeches from heavy hitters like Coach Payne, Billy Allsbrooks, Marcus Taylor, Dr. Jessica Houston, Walter Bond, and more. If you're ready to take control, level up, or just crush your day, then Motivation Daily Podcast is your secret weapon. Search for the Motivation Daily Podcast and follow wherever you listen to amazing podcasts. 
All right, Daniel Breeze. What's up, Daniel? Hey, guys. Um, what do you do when your partner is not continuing the habits that allows them to stay positive, not making time for exercise or usual food, etc., and the negativity is beginning to affect you? I don't want them to feel bad about themselves, and I find I'm way too blunt in the way I approach this. I'm going to be honest. I think Tom needs to be here to answer this question because he's very much like you, Daniel. He's the um, he's the blunt force trauma type of guy. And I'm the try and be sweet, try and um, figure out ways. So yeah, I think I'm going to re-ask this question when he joins us. I think I can hear him saying goodbye. Maybe, maybe. Um, so um, yeah, so I'm going to actually pass on that question so I can bring you the most value and have that discussion with him when he's with me. All right, next question. This is from Brian Rotkamp. Hey, Tom and Lisa, any suggestions for rebuilding, connecting emotionally after 27 years of marriage and drifting a little due to the busyness of raising a family and life? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's just quality time together. I think that if you're... um, if you lived separate lives, I mean, God, look, 17 years that I've been with Tom, we've changed a lot. So if we weren't connecting throughout the whole 17 years, like I think that if I had to do a quick flash, we would, I would feel like completely different people. So you have to connect. What are your new dreams? What are your new desires? Because the the chances are they're not the same person you married. So yeah, reconnect, spend that time getting to know each other, getting to know um, what their dreams and aspirations are now, um, and then going from there. What is up, everybody? Today's show is brought to you by the amazing human beings at Butcher Box. I'm telling you, because of Lisa's microbiome issues and all of that, I've become a huge believer in grass-fed. It matters very much what you eat has eaten. Uh, if that doesn't sound crazy enough. And I really used to think that this that grass-fed was like a bunch of BS, but the truth is it's had a massive impact on Lisa. She can tell the difference immediately from a digestive standpoint whether what she's eating was grass-fed or not. It has been so difficult to find good meat that my stomach can actually handle, and ButcherBox has been my savior. These guys deliver 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage breed pork directly to your door on a monthly basis. All of their products are humanely raised and never ever given antibiotics or hormones. And it is hard to find high quality meat that you can trust, but ButcherBox is changing all of that. And they offer free shipping anywhere in the 48 contiguous United States. And for our listeners, we have a very special offer. You can get $10 off and free bacon. Free bacon. That's right. You didn't hear, miss here. Free bacon. <laughs> By going to ButcherBox.com and using the discount code IMPACT. That's discount code I-M-P-A-C-T. At ButcherBox.com. Try it out right now. All right, guys, this is some tasty stuff. I really wouldn't get behind this if I didn't think that it was fantastic. Literally, I still have little splatters on my wrist right now because I just cooked some of this stuff. It is absolutely delicious. I'm a total freak for my burgers, and these things are fantastic. The boxes come with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. You can choose from five different box types, all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, the mixed box, and the custom box, which allows you to choose your own cuts. That was my favorite. Yum. 
by taking out the middleman grocery stores in this case and purchasing direct from a collective of ranches, Butcher's Box is able to buy meat at a lower cost and pass those savings on to you. The price is just $1.29 per month, which works out to less than $6 per meal. And shipping is free, guys, nationwide, besides Alaska and Hawaii. All right, order now. Get $10 off plus free bacon. Free bacon. By going to ButcherBox.com and using the discount code IMPACT, I-M-P-A-C-T. There's no commitment, and you guys can cancel easily at any time. Did we mention this free bacon? Enjoy and be legendary. And answering questions live, drop them in now. Guys, do we have any would you rathers? I want to do a couple of would you rathers. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yes, share the video, guys. We're going to do another would you rather. But um, if this has been your value, please do press that little share button right there. Um, and hopefully Tom will be joining us soon. But now we're going to do a would you rather. And I want you guys to join in with me. All right. Would you rather feel insecure because your partner makes more money than you or feel insecure because your friends make more money than you? Ooh. Well, God, I'm going to totally cheat on this. And I have to say, like, why do you feel insecure about it in the first place? I know that's not a really helpful would you rather answer, but I think that, that I would have to address that. So why do I feel insecure if my friends are making more money than me? Does that mean that I'm not happy in what I'm doing? Like I'd have to really analyze what that would be. Um, so, but ultimately if I had to say, I think I'd feel more, God, I'm not an insecure person when it comes to money. So can I plead the fear? I have to answer. Oh God, shady old lady's making me answer. Um, okay. I think they're my friends because um I, the friction that it would cause in my relationship, then with finance, especially having started with the fact that, you know, number one cause of divorce is finances. Um, I think that I'd have to, yeah, I'd rather be insecure with my friends because if there was any insecurity in my marriage, then um I, I would have to mend that immediately. It's like a, you know, and what's the thing? The chain, the the link in the chain. Come on, people. What's the link in the chain? You know, when there's, there's the, the link's gone out of the chain. Oh, God, no one's helping me here. This analogy is terrible. And here's the thing. See, this man isn't here to save me. <laughs> He's not here to save me. Um, okay, next, would you rather? Answer with me, guys. Um, would you rather divorce after years of arguments about money or years of arguments about family? Hmm. What would you guys do? That's a tough one. Um, I don't like saying the word divorce, so that's going to be tricky. Um, I think I would rather about money because family, God, it's almost like that's so emotional to me, like how I feel about my family versus money. Like I try never to have emotion around finances, whether it's I have some or I don't. Um, so I think that um, I'd rather argue about, yeah, about money with the family. So, no, sorry, about money. Yeah, that's my answer. Um, all right. Would you rather have your relationship improved by financial stability or open communication? Open communication. I think that's an easy one because financial stability, um, I think can come and go. It's so fleeting. Like literally you have no idea. I thought when we'd, um, just before we started Quest and we've got this house, it's like, oh my God, we've got a three bedroom house and this is so exciting. Um, and then one day, literally it was like, let's start a new business and let's put everything on the line, which means we have to sell a car. We have to go down to a third. So if you can't find 
um, happiness or peace in your relationship um, and you're looking for financial stability to bring that, oh my God, it's going to be so dangerous because it's like walking on thin ice. I think if you're, you're walking on thin ice, it's like you never know where to tread in case there's a crack. And I just couldn't live a life like that. So um, absolutely for me, yeah. I would, I would need communication, um, 100% because then I just know, okay, we can get through anything. Anything comes our way. We can figure it out. All right. Back to fan questions. Um, this is from Abraham Cuerto. Hola, Lisa. I'm single at the moment. I'm looking for a future partner and open to start a relationship. I have met a couple of women that I really like, but when they are more successful, um, have more money than me. I feel intimidated because I believe that the role of a man is to provide. At the moment, I do not know how to handle that emotion yet. I'm working on becoming more confident and increase my income dramatically so I can be at the level or even higher of my future partner. I would like to know what's your perspective on the situation and if you can share some suggestions or advice. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, I mean, when Tom and I got together, I came from a much more financially, um, flourishing um family so my dad came from absolutely zero and worked his way up to run a massive company so growing up um i actually didn't struggle too much with finances and then i met tom and i think i really didn't care how much money tom had it didn't bother me i never held any attachment to money whatsoever um and so when i met him it didn't even think about it like i didn't care how much money he had i didn't care like what you know, what car he drove, like whether it was expensive or not, but he did. And that was actually really interesting because I didn't see that coming. I thought, well, as long as I don't care, then he's not going to care. But he absolutely put his own, um, you know, he had the same idea as you that was basically, I should be providing, I should bring money to the table. And I had more money than him. So we absolutely had to navigate that. And I think he was very open about that. Um, and because he was open about it, I was very receptive to hearing his feelings. And so I was like, look, like, what's going to make you happy? Do you want me to give up my money? Do you want me to, um, you know, not talk about it? Like, what is important to you? And of course, he was like, no, of course not. Like, that doesn't make sense. But I want to feel like I'm bringing something to the table. So I was like, okay, well, how can I help in that? Like, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to be in, like in his, you know, eyes at the time, I guess to be a man, quote unquote. Um, and how can I be a part of helping you do that? So, um, I think really it's actually an interesting way to test to see what the, the, your other half's like. Like you shouldn't, um, feel like you, sh- you don't deserve somebody. But look, if your goal is to be financially secure and bring value to your family and bring money in, then like, I don't necessarily think you should feel shameful o- over it. I just think you have to navigate the waters. So, so navigating the waters to me means when you're going out on dates and meeting people, how do they perceive you? Like, if you don't have that much money, are they judging you? Cool, great. You're not for me. Next. Because there may be times you may do extremely well in your business as you grow. You may be bringing in money and you're going to feel so good about yourself. And now you marry the woman and you guys are in a relationship and you've been together for 10 years and everything comes crashing down. Let's face it, when the financial crisis happened, so many people lost their jobs. So many people went bankrupt. So many people had everything crumble around them. So how do you know how your partner's going to react? Are they going to support you? Or then be like, well, you're not the person that I married, so bye. Um, I think it's a great way of testing how they see um, their relationship, how they still see things with you. And are they with you for you or are they with you for money? Um, 
So yeah, I actually think it's a good opportunity to analyze what the, who the people you're dating. Um, and then also own that you really do want to bring, you know, money and wealth. Um, I have no problem with wealth creation. I think it can be beautiful. So yeah, don't shy away from it. Work hard, get like grind, hustle, do what you have to do to actually get there. And as long as you're trying every step, then hopefully you'll find a woman that can see that you're willing to do what it takes to work hard to get there. And then you can literally work on that support system together. So. All right, next question. This is from Kyle Morgan Lewis. When you were in a more scarce state while building Quest, how did you both stay out of the scarcity mindset and stay in an abundance mindset? Um, I actually didn't necessarily stay in an abundance mindset. I wanted to live. So we basically had our house and we knew if this crumbles, I have to sell it. So I was still living in the three bedroom house when we started Quest. Um, but I had to get in the scarcity mindset. I wanted to get in the scarcity mindset so that I could make sure I was paying attention to every little penny I was spending. Um, and if you guys follow me on social, if you don't, it's at Lisa Billu on IG. But if you follow me, I talk about this all the time. Like I literally, I thought that anyone that paid for Starbucks was nuts. You're paying $3 for coffee. You know what you can do with that $3 in business? Um, if you save that every single day, the amount of money you're going to save in the year is so much more that you can put into the business. Why would you waste money on Starbucks? Um, I wasn't going to like, literally cotton pads, the pads that you use, that women use on their face for moisturizer. I would use them four times, four times. I would use both sides twice because I knew like, I was like, okay, well, how much money am I spending on these cotton pads? Um, and Tom and I had decided we were going to go into Quest as a team. So it wasn't like I felt like he was putting me in this position and now I have to like resort to using cotton pads twice. It was like, no, we're agreeing, we're putting the house up for collateral. If everything fails, we're in it together. I'm bringing my part to the table. And my part was making sure that we were saving every single penny. So I went in, I leaned in to the scarcity of that. I wanted to feel it. I wanted to feel that everything could be, be taken away tomorrow um, so that I could really act accordingly. Because if everything failed, if we had to lose the house, I wanted to know I did everything humanly possible to help try and make it succeed. Because the worst thing is things collapsing around you and going, well, shit, I shouldn't have gone out last night. Oh, crap. Yeah, I did spend all that money. Oh, God, I did do this. And, um, you know, and then in hindsight going, wow, did I really give it my all? So yeah, I actually lent into the scarcity of it and that was just how I handled it. Now, I don't know if that will work for everybody, but that's absolutely what ended up working best for me. So next question. This is from Cara Lynn Klaus. How do you handle when your partner makes more money than you and thinks you need to make more money and they start to resent you for not bringing in as much money as they are? Um, thank you very much. Apparently my necklace is hitting my mic. Um, so let me just read that question again. How do you handle it when your partner makes more money than you and thinks that you need to make more money and they start to resent you for not bringing in as much as they are? I think you have to cut, get down to the core of why they're resentful. So, um, why do they want you to bring just as much money to the table? Is it because they're scared that, 
um, they might lose their job. And so they're really petrified that neither of you are going to have money. Um, is it that they feel like they're working harder than you? And so they just feel like that's not fair. The hard, the, how hard you work has to be 50 50. Um, really get down to the core reason of why they want you to bring in just as much money. Like figure that out. Fundamentally, you have to figure that out because everything then will stack onto that. If they are resentful, like I said, because they feel like I'm going out, I'm busting my ass and I'm working really, really hard because we both said we want a house. And so I'm bringing my part to the table. I'm holding, you know, myself accountable. So I'm working 12 hours and you said you want the house, but then I see you hanging out with your friends. You're going out to bars, you're watching TV. And so now I don't feel like you're working as hard to bring the money to the table to the thing that we both wanted. All right, cool. Now you can actually have a discussion about, well, do you really want the house bad enough? Um, are you really relying on your partner to bring that to the table and you're not willing to do it yourself? We have to address that. Um, but I think it all comes fundamentally down to why he's, he, it's important to them to, for you to bring equal money. All right, next question. Um, this is from James Dunn. If I'm in the middle of building myself up to the person I want to be, as well as trying to grow business, should I wait to try and get into a relationship? Seems like I'd be f- focusing on too many things at once. Um, I think that's up to you. I really do think that's up to you. I don't think anything is universal. I think if something is telling you, like, you really want to go out and you really want to date and you really want to be with somebody, um, then do you fear that that's going to be distracting to um, building yourself up as a person? You know, like for, at least with me and Tom, we grew together. And, you know, I can honestly say, I don't know if I'd be the human I am today without him pushing me, without him calling me on my shit, without him holding me accountable. Like all these things I at, actually attribute to being in the relationship with him. Now, I also believe that I'm strong enough to do it if I was by myself. But I love being in love. So I'm not going to deny that. So I think you have to figure out what is the thing that you guys want to do or what you want to do, what is important to you. And um, are you able to, you know, do both? Are you able to go and navigate and find somebody in a relationship and still stay strong? Or know thyself. Are you the, the type of person that finds a relationship? Like, let's say you hear the story all the time. People love working out. They go to the gym. They grind it out at work and then they meet somebody. And then the second they meet somebody, they stop working out. They stop taking care of themselves. Um, if that's you, then just admit it. Just be freaking honest with yourself. Don't BS yourself. Just be honest about what you're like as a human. If you have shown in the past that it's a pattern, that you absolutely stop going to the gym, that you stop hustling, you stop working out because for whatever reason, you're the type of person where you're so drawn to being in love, you know this other thing will get affected, then be honest and know which, or just ask yourself then which one's more important. Like, be honest. If you're that type of person where you can't do both, which one's more important? And then go all in. So, that's my advice. Um, all right, next question. Thank you guys for bearing with me. I seem to have lost the husband completely. Um, he's still on the call. I thought I could hear him saying goodbye, but that is not the case. But the great news is he's working hard to push the company forward to blow up impact theory even more. So as I've spoken in this whole episode about money and other things is you have to support your partner. So I support him. I wasn't going to force him to put the phone down and come and join. But at the same time, I didn't want to let you guys down and not show up um, because we had posted that we were going to go live. So um, 
I hope that I'm bringing you value, guys. Drop more questions in the comments um, if you have more questions. All right, so next question is from, and he's not here to save me on, on confusing names, which I usually rely on him to do. Um, all right, this is from Angelia Guy. Um, what is a current area in your relationship that you don't have completely sorted out? Something you don't have the answer to and you are working on. What has that process looked like? Um, all right. What is that? So I'm going to pick a very small, it's really small and silly, but let's all face it. Sometimes it's the small and silly things that end up becoming massive arguments in your relationship. We've spoken about this before, but now I've actually, we've navigated through it and figured out a better um, way to handle it. So Tom is very messy. He thinks that tidings are a complete waste of his time. So for him, time is money. I'm not going to clean dishes. I'm not going to clean frying pans um, when I could be building the business. Now, I like to be tidy. And I just like to like things to be neat. So every time we were using frying pans and we were cooking, he would always put them just like, on the side like every time he would use a frying pan it would he would leave it dirty and put it on the side now for me I like neat so I started packing them up and you know if I didn't have time to wash them I would at least stack them neatly and he got really annoyed and he's like you keep putting them on my side and it's gonna be a really long story but bear with me um you keep putting them on my side every time I have to move things over it's another time that I'm wasting I just don't have time to keep moving shit everywhere so please don't move them so here we are it's small but the struggle is real, people. I want tidy things. And I felt like he was actually ignoring my wishes. And this is where the small things become much deeper. So I had wishes. I'm like, look, we give up our house to start this company. I just, there's certain things that are important to me. I just want to be neat. So that's my side of things. Oh, low power mode. Sorry about that, guys. So this is important to me. Now, for him, he absolutely, oh, he's coming. He's here, people. Only 40 minutes late. I'm talking. Come and join us, baby. If you strive to perform your best in life, bringing your energy and abilities into everything you do, then it only makes sense that you would want to be out on the road with that same power, agility, and performance that everyone expects from you. And there's no better option than the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable SUV yet, the third-generation Range Rover Sport. You guys know I love staying on the cutting edge with technology, and the Range Rover Sport's cabin features advanced technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, a must, offering you and your family and friends new levels of comfort and refinement while traveling. The Range Rover Sport provides an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and redefines sporting luxury for the power, agility, and performance you demand in every area of your life. Explore the Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. What's up, everybody? Jesus. I had, a... I had this. Oh, no, he's gone off. Your phone died. Sorry. I had to substitute on the phone. You had me a substitute? Sub it was a picture. That's I always hilarious. hold you up. Um, Guys, so I'm, I'm in, so sorry. I'm in the middle of telling a yeah, story but... um, about the frying pans. So. Oh, Wookiee. The whole family's here now. Here. What's up, buddy? <clears throat> so, frying pans. yes. Basically, the question was, what current area in your relationship do you not have you guys not completely sorted out yet? Okay. Something that you don't have answers to and working yep. out. So the first thing that came to mind was our uh, frying pan issue in the kitchen. And it's based on like the tea thing, right? It's much deeper than just the frying pan. It's, I've given up the house. 
Um, we're building this company. There are certain things that are important to me. I'm still a woman. This is still my house. I still want things to be me. I want you to respect. And for you, so that was like important to me. Now for you, it was important to not waste time. You always have to move the frying pans out the way. You have to, can you scooch forward, please, baby? You always have to scooch it out the way. So now it's a fundamental, um, battle because for you it wasn't about being clean or disrespecting me or ignoring my wishes it was about the fact that for you you have a business it's a waste of your time and so you felt I was being a little disrespectful to you on the fundamentals of what you believe has to be done to create a big empire you can't waste the second here the five minutes here tidying so we, we literally had a silent battle for like, I was moving frying pans. He was moving frying pans. He was putting them on my side. I was putting them on his side. I was trying to stack them. For the record, I only put them on your <laughs> side once I had asked multiple times. You stopped putting them on my side. Yeah. Then I was like, all right, then if so, that's how we're going to so play it. It became a little secret battle. Now, at the beginning, it was funny. It was cute. It was like, ha ha, you moved the frying pan. I got you. It was never um, funny or cute for me. I'm just going to be really honest with you. Um, but then afterwards, we actually broke it down and we're like, why are we really butting heads on this? Like, it's actually becoming a problem. And we realized it was the meaning behind it. So, um, so now we feel, I was like, all right. I, I need to respect and you have to be open to respecting each other's where they come from. You cannot mock each other. You cannot belittle like that just ends in disaster. So it's like, all right, really take him seriously for a second. It really is a waste of his time for the five seconds it's going to take him to move it. Right? Five seconds. But look, I, I need to respect that. So how can I come up with a solution? So the solution is I've now found a little hiding place called the oven. That's true. In the oven, I put our dirty frying pans now in there every time we use them i just put them in if i don't have time to clean them so that he doesn't have to deal with it for me they're out of the way i don't see them and now we're both happy very true boom so that was a really freaking long story but i hope the the meaning behind it came through i can't believe i've been talking for all this long i can't Next believe question, i left you alone take, take yeah away. i am so sorry guys so sorry i can't a, I actually didn't know that we had started. I had no sense that I was missing anything. Really? No, I thought somebody would come get me if there what? was something. You're such an yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, and I'm very grateful that you just you like rocked it up. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> banging through doors and triggering the so dogs. The last thing I was while going to call. Dis- disrupt you. No, first, bless you. It's so. very sweet. So, but these guys have up. been with me. Thank you guys for keeping me. Yes. Like they, they've been hearting and so nice, I nice, nice. It. I went on a whole rant for like 40 minutes. All right. So next question and we'll get Mr. Billu to answer this time. Do it. All right. From John Sinclair. What's the biggest piece of advice you can give for a married couple starting a project together? Charity, business, etc. We're both successful, smart, driven, and very dedicated in our relationship and communication. But whenever we get thinking about a project to work on together, it flares up tension. Any guidance you could share for getting things start, uh, things started working together? Yeah. So you guys are going to have to figure out exactly what it is that's triggering that. So going back to her frying pan example, once you understand what the real argument is about, then you can begin to deal with solutions. And that's where it sounds like you guys are at, um, because I don't know why just beginning to talk about it is going to flare up tension. So um, if I had to guess, and I'm, I'm sort of reaching into your soul here without knowing exactly what's going on, but if I had to guess, this has something to do with roles, who's responsible for what, who's the final decision maker, um, when two people believe that they should be the ones making the decision, uh, and then they have to convince the other person, that can be very frustrating, because when you're having to convince them, you feel like they don't believe in you, um, and so then it turns into this whole mess. So uh, 
understanding one, if you guys are basically co-CEOing it, um, you need to have an understanding of how you're going to make those decisions when you can't agree. So for instance, um, with the two of us, one, always listening and really wanting to hear what she has to say and believing to the core of my being that she makes things better. That's a good starting point so that I really want to hear her out and hear what she has to say. And even though it can be very frustrating to have to convince somebody and walk them through like all that thought process that you've been going through to get them to where you are, that you really value that, that you want to know what their thoughts are. But if even after hearing them out, we get to the point where we don't agree on how to move forward. We've agreed that if I've heard her out, I've listened to it, I understand her argument, and I still think that we should do something else, then that's what we're going to do. We're going to go with um, my idea that it's going to be the final decision. Now, it becomes up to me to make sure that she always feels always feels the weight of her value, that she's always truly heard, that when she has a good idea that it's implemented. Um, but you do have to have some way to break a tie. So that that will help a lot. Um, but my gut instinct is, is you guys don't yet know what you're actually arguing about. And so figuring that out is going to be step one. So not the surface level, not the frying pans, not the tea, as we usually say, but the real underlying insecurity or whatever it is that's causing that disruption. Mm. Quiet. And how many kids do we have? That would be two, one Pomeranian Luffy. and one long-haired Chihuahua. That's it. That's the extent um, of our children. All right. Next question. Guys, if this is bringing you value, please do uh, tick that little share button um, so that we can spread the word. All right. Next question. This comes from Erin Kyle. And I even said you're not here to save me on the names. Erin Killinen? Yeah. There it okay. is. Boom. Um, what? You're welcome, Erin. <laughs> What, Watch that be nothing at all. How it's thought pronounced. be regarding a husband, journeyman lineman. What does that mean? I don't know what lineman means, but journeyman is. Um, I'm not sure at what point in the trade they become a journeyman, but I think it's you finished your apprenticeship and now you're a journeyman. So, um, like Kevin Dolan is a journeyman um, welder, pipe fitter, pipe fitter. Okay. Um, so yeah, okay. trained, I think is okay. what that means. What would your thoughts be regarding a husband who says he deserves to spend more money because he works harder and risks life and limb while his stay at home wife and mother of a toddler does all housework, makes meals and mm -hmm. is his primary parent? I'm going to go back to, so you weren't here for my answer earlier, yeah. but it's like, if you guys have decided as a couple, that you're in it together, that you're going to have a child, that you're going to stay at home and be the mom while he's going to go out and pay or sorry, go out and earn the money. You're still in it together. So in my opinion, and this is something that we absolutely had to address was the money is still 50 50. So if you've chosen that profession, does that make you feel good? Like, did you go into that profession because you wanted to? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Then if you did, that's your, like I, the fact that you're risking your life is so admirable. Oh my God, that's incredible. But that's a decision that you made. So you can't hold that against me. Like, that's what I would say to you. You can't hold the fact that you're risking life and limb as, as a val as a reason why you should earn more money than me. I'm not holding it against you. I'm just saying that because I earned it, then I should be able right. to spend more of it. Right. But the question Especially is earning it doing something so risky. Right. Well, I, th I think that that's off the table. Like, risky or not, it's you've, we've decided as a couple that this is where we're going to take our lives. And so, yeah, I, I would have to make sure because that wouldn't make me feel good. I wouldn't feel good about myself. So I would sit down and say, babe, I love you. Do you love me? Are we in this together? We're having this, you know, we've got this toddler, you know, so 
I feel like I'm busting my I mean, I can't even imagine. And I hear stories of how difficult it is to be a mother. I actually don't have kids, but the, the it's 24 hours. There's no off, there's no off switch. So, um, yeah, I would have a real problem with that. I'd have to sit down. I'd have to be honest. You'd have to figure out a way to like be sweet because I think that it, like, how could you not do it without feeling attacked? I don't know. You answer because I, I don't know. So I'm going to give you guys some really practical advice here. Okay. So one, that is the world's most relationship suicidal attitude to have. You have to go into a partnership accepting that it is a true partnership, 50-50. Yes. Totally agreed beforehand. So you guys agreed that you were going to stay stay at home and he was going to go out to work. And, and I'll say that regardless of that, it, even if that wasn't something that you agreed on, to me, there are just foundational beliefs that you need to have in a partnership. And that is that it is equal. It's 50-50. Regardless of what each person does, you can decide roles later, all of that. But coming into the relationship, the only way for a relationship to last is for you guys to be equals in every way. And that you have to value each other, value your contributions in equal way. And if you're dissatisfied, if you don't think that what the other person is doing is upholding their end of the bargain, then have that conversation. But never, ever in a million years under any circumstances is it safe for the relationship for one person to say, well, I've earned more of this and therefore I'm going to get to spend more of this. Or um, I shouldn't have to do as much work or whatever. Like it should be 100%. Everything is um, is shared. It's... I'm not looking for uh, parity. I'm looking for partnership. So meaning that it doesn't have to be like hour for hour or risk for risk. It just has to be, okay, here's what, when we come together as a partnership, we're going to value each other equally. And so how does that manifest in terms of money, in terms of um, chores and all of that stuff? That is, you know, everybody um, is, is going to define certain things differently, but valuing each other equally when it comes to money, taking that equally, when it comes to, um, parenting. And I don't mean that in terms of hours with the kids, because I think that that's inevitable that one will spend more time with the other, but taking on the same emotional responsibilities, investing in the kids, um, that all of that stuff needs to be held in equal esteem. And, and that like, that was something that we did really early on was just say, okay, this is, this is a partnership. So everything is split 50, 50. And, and that even manifested itself in the business. And I've talked about this before, but when we went to set up the company legally, the lawyer said, correct. The lawyer said, in no uncertain terms, it is just catastrophic to have 50-50 ownership. And I said, I want you to create the ultimate divorce nightmare because I need her to know the truth that we are equal partners in this emotionally. And addressing the emotional partnership first is what's going to allow her to participate at that level. Once you start going, oh, I'm more of this or I'm more of that, then you create this imbalance of, well, well, yeah, like you should then go work. You should do something that's more, it should be harder for you. And you just get yourself into such a dangerous position. So. Cause they were suggesting 51. 49. Correct. They, because that way I would be able to legally outvote her that I would legally have control of mm -hmm. the company. And while I fully recognize that if something were to happen to us, that we would be at loggerheads, it is very possible that it would be impossible for us to legally solve the problem. But I would much rather be in that position and know that as a marriage, which we it. prioritize, that she knows 
I'm literally putting my money where my mouth is. I'm, I am saying on paper, binding contract that we are equals. Yeah. And I, you, you've got to make your partner feel completely equal in every way. You just have to. And the, the truth is you work way more than I do. Perfect. Excellent example. From an hour's perspective, I smash my wife. My wife is a demon. It works hard. Literally, if I'm awake, I'm working or working out. But it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, she's got to be able to feel that I value her as an equal partner, that I see her as my equal in every way, regardless of whether or not we work the same hours. Dude, I'm just, it's one of those things. It's not fair. I get that. But it's the only thing that works because you're dealing with humans. You've got to have that where you just feel equal. Yeah. I'm going to stop there. Yeah. I'll just keep looping. But that that you have to. Um. All right. So we're going to get to Daniel Breeze actually asked a question earlier. And I read it out loud and I was like, you know what? I'm going to hold for you. Because you seem like you're, you guys are very similar. All right, so let's hear it. All right, it's Daniel Breeze. Hey guys, what do you do when your partner is continuing the habits that allow them to stay, um, positive? Is not continuing the habits that allow them to stay positive, not making time for exercises, usual food, etc. And their negativity is beginning to affect you. I don't want them to feel bad about myself. I don't want to feel bad about myself. And I find I'm way too blunt in the way I approach this. I don't want them to feel badly about themselves. Right. So first and foremost, communicating in a way that the other person can hear. So you're aware that the way that you're approaching it is too blunt. So finding a way where you can communicate that, that they can actually hear, getting to the raw vulnerability of why it's upsetting to you, why it might be hard for you to stay positive if, if you're around somebody that's negative, um, talking about how emotions are infectious and really meeting them with compassion and understanding that if they're not doing that, there's probably a reason and getting to that reason, getting to their underlying insecurity helping them along that path so that you guys can come back together and just having the real, raw, honest conversation of being able to say the hard things. I think for any relationship to be successful, there's two things anybody has to do. And I'm talking business, personal life. You've got to be able to say truth and you've got to be able to hear truth. And by here, I mean, really take it on board, really listen to it. So being able to walk through with her why it's important to say the things that are probably really uncomfortable so that in a way that she can actually hear and then figuring out what you both need in order to come back together um, and move forward in a positive way and make sure that we don't have a budding um, conflict of like a core value, which is where it always gets difficult when you have, like you both just see things differently. If she's like, I'm no longer interested in that. I, I don't find pleasure in that. I'm not interested in pursuing that. And so sort of abandoning the growth mindset path, then what do you do? Because now you have a core value collision. And I think the only way past a core value collision is to say out loud, we have a core value collision. Here's my core value. Here's exactly what I think humans should do, what I want to do in my life, what I expect you to do in your life. Like this is this is important to me. This is a must. This is a non-negotiable. And to, to lay it out, to be able to say it so clearly that you could write it in a sentence. And then you can actually talk at a core values level. And you may realize either you do have one and then we're in real trouble or you don't have one and it was just mis misunderstanding of terms or whatever. So that's pretty important, that just high degree of clarity. I posted actually a quote today that said, um, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. That's really good. Where'd you get that? Um, Gloria Steinem. Wow, that's that is really good. Yeah, 
I like that one. That's good. I know. So I'm when you about said, that. I know. In fact, can we write that down somewhere? Like that's got to be an impact quote right there. <gasps> Stealing it from Gloria. In fact, I have to record Women of impact. a bunch of those tomorrow. So. Um, all right. So, um, that's actually the last question that we have. Sorry, guys, that you had to wait so long for this man. Hopefully really it apologize. was worth it. And can I just say, if only you knew what I was doing. So I did it say was that you it. were doing something to push the company forward. Yes, and, yes, um, yes, yes. Um, very, but guys, very true. please do press that share button. And next week, we're going to go back to our normal day of Wednesday. Do appreciate you guys bearing with us as we keep changing days. We I love that we call it our normal day. We do it like 30% of the time. So 30% of the time is Wednesdays. Um, and then also one thing I would love, guys, is is there a topic that we haven't covered yet that you really want us to cover? Drop it in the comments right now. Um, we really do search for different topics to talk about. What are the things that you guys suffer from in your relationship or feel you're going to suffer down the road? Um, yeah, drop that in and then do click that share. Join us next Wednesday. All right, guys. Thank you for bearing with us. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.